Due to COVID-19, this podcast was recorded remotely and may contain adult language and themes. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of TV DNA with me, Adam Hemming, and my co-hosts, Neil Shepek. Hola, amigos. And Damien Cooper. Hello, everyone. So, how are we doing, boys? Yeah, um, really good. I'm going to say right from the get-go how much I love Sweet Tooth. I'm so glad you put it forward, Adam, but it would obviously come to more detail on that. How about you, Damo? How's the football going? Yeah, it's going. Scotland, sadly, are out. England are still in, as of the time recording. Although, I hate to say it, I don't feel very confident about the game against Germany. You can never be too confident, can you, when we get paired with Germany, especially in elimination matches? I think it'll certainly be a very interesting game, which I would actually say the England games so far have been quite boring. I think this one will have a lot more tension, a lot more excitement, a lot more adrenaline. So I actually am quite glad we're paired with Germany. Yeah, fingers crossed for an entertaining match. I've got Tuesday off, so looking forward to settling down to watch that. Let's hope you don't need Wednesday off as well. Why would I need Wednesday off? Either you're absolutely devastated that we get knocked out or you're you're cock-a-hoop that we've managed to make it to the quarters. What's that saying about triumph and disaster and imposters? Um, And then like friends on Facebook or something. Yeah, I think that's it. No, I'll be fine on Wednesday, I'm sure. Let's dive into talking about Sweet Tooth. So our face-off last week saw me go up against Damien and Neil picked Sweet Tooth, which was my choice for the second week running. And we've all watched the first episode. So initial thoughts. Neil's already said he likes it. Let's go for a bit of that then. Neil, what did you think of Sweet Tooth? Well, firstly, Adam, can you just remind our listeners why you picked it? And I also want to remind our listeners that at the point of it being suggested, none of us watched it. So we all went into this without having seen it. So Sweet Tooth is the story of Gus, who's half boy, half deer. It's magical realism. And I just thought it looked stunning. And it had some actors that I am fond of, people like Adil Akhtar, Nonzo Anozi, Dania Ramirez. So yeah, I thought it would be, it just looked really interesting to me. And it was post-apocalyptic. Well, it's it centres around this disease. And we've all kind of able to relate to that that sort of thing right now those were the reasons I picked it well I'm really glad you did and I've absolutely loved it I've only watched episode one and two this podcast will will focus on episode one obviously so be aware for spoilers if you haven't seen it you can turn off right now I say go out watch it if you haven't the reason why I loved it is it was just completely right on my street all the things I loved and actually what brought our conversation as friends around TV together was talking about The Walking Dead. And this feels like the new Walking Dead. You know, there, there's a apocalyptic thing, you know, there, there's a virus, there's a, you know, everything's changing. Although it's kind of like the initial Walking Dead crossed with um, Guillermo del Toro's films. Um, there's a big flavour of that in, in, in the kind of visuals and in the narrative of it. There's also a feeling of the mutants in the X-Men films. All of these are things I love. And so without going into more specifics, that's why I can't wait to watch all of it and for a second series. And also what I'll add to that is like The Walking Dead, it's based on comics. And I don't know if you have Adam yet, but I intend to read some of those comics. Yeah, the comic books were created by Jeff Lemire for Vertigo, which is an independent subsidiary of DC Comics. 
And I think he also wrote The Preacher, which has been turned into a TV show as well on Amazon Prime. It's definitely a sweeping craze of turning comic books into TV shows. And I guess you've got ready-made storyboards with comic books, right? So it, it does make sense to a, a large degree. Damo, what did you make of Sweet Tooth? I was not a bigger fan as you two, clearly. Please my eyes. I agree with Neil. I think it, the visuals are astounding. I think, well, I mean, I don't want to give any spoilers about where it's set, but having been to the area in which it's set in real life, it did manage to capture that idea of wilderness and being away from society. I think that was all very good. I enjoyed the brief kind of Home Alone-esque section, uh, which I don't think gives away too much for spoiler and, uh, and the payoff to that. And like you said, Adam, I'm a big fan of Nonso. I kill loads of the people in the cast. I think they're all brilliant. And I love a good apocalyptic drama. But for me, I don't know, it just didn't quite click. I wasn't brought on board. Now, I managed to watch all of two minutes of the second episode, and then I had to do something else. So I, I can't really say that I've watched more than the first episode. And who knows, when I have time and watch the second, it might grab me. But... I'm not sold on it just yet. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's shot in New Zealand, actually, but the cinematography and the just the setting for it all is, is absolutely stunning. We get introduced at the beginning of the episode to Dr. Adi Singh. So, so we, the introduction to the virus that's going around, we see that come kind of through that character's eyes and the process that that takes. And then that end of that whole montage is when he sees for the first time and we see for the first time all the newborn children are now born half human half animal what did you think of that Neil? yeah um i, I think they call it the great crumble and i love an apple crumble and a rhubarb crumble so what's wrong with the great crumble i just want to also give a shout out to adina Akhtar that you've already mentioned but i first came across him in utopia which is an amazing, certainly first series that was done by Channel 4. So I advise you, if you haven't watched that, to watch that. And it's also a little bit meta in him being involved because there are some kind of links there. As I said before, this whole thing about the crumble, the pandemic, they talk about the sick rather than the walkers. They, um, you know, this is apparently the deadliest virus that's ever been faced by the humankind. So I think it sets it off quite nicely, but also there's a lot of question marks like why are all kids after this great crumble hybrids in episode two? And this isn't a huge spoiler, really. You know, we meet the last kid that was born human before kids uh, became hybrids. It really intrigued me and whetted my appetites. We meet Big Man, don't we, in the, at the end of episode one? Tommy, absolutely. Tommy Jeppard, who you say, yeah, we meet him in person at the end of the first episode, but we actually see him really early on on the TV screen because he used to be a famous footballer. That's not real football. That's American football. Just for the people either side of the Atlantic. Sorry for our many American listeners, but I think you know deep down that soccer is really football. At me if you don't agree. Yeah, the first episode is very much coming of age story. It's the background of, of Gus, who's the central figure in the whole show. He's half boy, half deer. And his relationship with his father is, is very important. I'm talking about fathers a lot last week. And we see him, yeah, how he learns all his knowledge is basically comes from, from his father. They've gone out into the wilderness to live. 
I guess my one sort of minor quibble might be that some cunning linguists might point out that Gus's speech patterns and, and vocabulary would be would be quite different to an, a normal child's, given that he's only had one person to grow up with and, and listen to. But that's a really um, picky thing to do. Later on in, in episode one, we meet Big Man and, and Big Man and, and Christen's Gus Sweet Tooth. At the end of that episode, we see those two going off. That's kind of, a, there's a little bit of spoilery stuff in there. I haven't tried to give away too many of the key the key moments in there. I'm up to episode six now. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. As the show progresses, we follow that storyline and Dr. Singh's storyline. And then there's a third storyline that's introduced at the beginning of episode two. So there's these three, and they're quite different styles of story in a way. One of them is quite sort of a suburban domestic style story, or that's what it evolves as. One of them feels a little bit more like that survivalist walking dead situation. And then there's this sort of uh, young boy and gruff protector off on their adventure to complete their, their mission. And I'm really enjoying that, uh, like how those are going at the moment and intrigued as to how they are going to tie in together, as I'm sure they will by the end of the series. Anything else we want to say about Sweet Tooth? Anything else you'd like to didn't like? One of the, the issues that I had with Sweet Tooth is that I understood that, you know, it's so much set up to, to put us in this world and with all these big changes that have happened. But I just feel like maybe it was a little too slow. I think we could have sped up that process and maybe had more time. You know, I enjoyed, for example, when that obviously dodgy dude was at the fence, but there were some issues with how that scene ends that made me think, how has he suddenly completely disappeared and then also put these ribbons everywhere in the half a second that he wasn't looking? I don't know, maybe that's just me being a massive negative Nancy, as always. But yeah, I just feel like it could have been a little pacier. I I, I get what you mean, Damo. Um, however, Episode one of any series, particularly one that is going to develop into many series, which I imagine this will do, you, you've got to build your, your characters and build up the world as well. So I, I, I'll be honest, I have watched episode two and that really engaged me. The first one excited me, but the things kind of take on a pace there. And I think there's always value into kind of investing early on in understanding characters and motivations. I also thought that the kind of hunters that appear both in episode one and episode two, these people from outside that are hunting for hybrids, the fact that they're surprised that the dear boy speaks. I think that says a lot and it's maybe linked with what you were saying, Adam, earlier about... But anyway, the fact is he speaks and, and that seems to be an unusual thing. They also say at the end of episode one, we can share this, we can take it to the lab or we can take it east. I mean, it sounds like these kids have value. And that, well, as far as the end of episode two, that hasn't been elaborated on yet. So I think there's some really interesting stuff and that certainly makes me want to at least watch all of this series. Oh, totally. My, my issue about the pace wasn't necessarily at that point. I think there's some narrative choices that I thought were a bit cheap. But I mean, I just think that the montage of him going from a very young child to kind of, I mean, what, 10 or 11 maybe by the end of it, I just felt like that could have been quicker. I mean, how many times does he need to jump over different stones across the stream and get it wrong? But the third time he got it right, I thought, fine, well, we get it. The, the metaphor for him being able to survive has been given to us. 
But then he still had to do it one more time after that. And possibly even a fifth time he jumped stones across that. I just feel like that suddenly we got maybe, I don't want to say self-indulgent because I don't think that's fair. I just think that it was just a bit, a bit slower than it needed to be. But that's my opinion. My question to you is what, and this might be unfair if you've only seen one episode, but I wonder what the target audience is for this show. Clearly me and Neil. There's elements of it that feel quite child friendly. But, you know, it's about a young boy who's who's got antlers. But there are, I mean, the original comic book was a mature comic book. And there's certainly things in, in episode two, which are uh, a bit more graphic and, and adult in nature. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my understanding, although I haven't read the comic book yet, is that it has been very Disney-fied and very uh, family-friendly in the TV show. Now, that's necessarily a bad thing. I'll certainly read the comic books and, and have a thought about that. But my understanding is the comic books are a lot darker right from the start and the kids don't look so cute. I'd also say that the use of the narrator is is very child-friendly. I kind of felt like I was watching a family show, especially because I think it's that fine, is it the final episode or the penultimate, the final line of the penultimate line of the episode, which is some stories start at the beginning, this story starts here, which I mean, is just nonsense. But other than that, I thought, right, okay, this is definitely being set up. And even the kind of Home Alone-esque and the, the, all the stuff with the stairs and everything seemed to be shot in a very child-friendly way, shall we say. Or should I say the child's point of view? And the, the kind of high stakes possible violence wasn't that violent. I mean, you know, with the being shot and the arrow and, the, and all that, none of it was particularly gory. It was not, I mean, if this was The Walking Dead, and that had happened, there would be all sorts of slow, painful deaths. Everything was quite quick and clean and bloodless, which makes me think that it's probably yeah, aimed for the wee ones as well. Well, maybe not, I, I don't know how we you're referring to, but I mean, that side of things, I, I did get a, a kind of vibe of Stranger Things with it, is in it's kind of dealing with the supernatural or, or how you want to describe it, but it's also dealing with kids and it's, kind of Disney but it's also like yeah when the Toro's films you know you've got these creatures I, I yeah it definitely made me think of strange things yeah it's interesting you mentioned the narrator as well because we don't know who that narrator is yet and I wonder whether that will be revealed in future episodes spoiler it hasn't by episode six well it's probably going to be him right it's going to be the kid looking back ah Hashtag called it. Why does he talk in the third person about himself then? Ask Craig David, ask loads of people why they talk about themselves in the third person. And I say that as someone who loves Craig David. I just want that put. Well, Neil doesn't agree with you, Damo. <laughs> Neil Sherpeg. I wonder whether the narrator voice could be some god figure, given that a lot of this feels like it's a, the themes of nature taking over again we find out more a little bit later on there's a third kind of element to the the sickness as well as the the hybrid children and whether those are all related or just purely coincidental and whether this is a reaction that mother earth is having to what humanity has wrought but yeah are you gonna are you gonna give it a episode two demo yeah absolutely i'll give it a try as i also subscribe to the opinion that the first episode is never enough. You should always give the second episode a go as well. So I will try and find at some point between the Euros and work to give the second episode a go. But I'll be honest, it's not looking promising for me. Well, I also wanted to have a balancing programme to watch 
So I have been, never watched, I wonder whether you guys have, The Handmaid's Tale before. And there's a new season of The Handmaid's Tale out. So I thought this was a perfect time for me to make that journey. So I'm about three or four episodes in now to the first season of The Handmaid's Tale. Also, future setting, quite a nice contrast to Sweet Tooth. It's much darker, obviously. Have you read the book, Alan? I haven't. No, it's Margaret Atwood, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I studied it for my English A-levels, so I knew the book extremely well and was really excited when the TV series came out. There's a few differences. I think series one that basically covers what the book does is amazing. I think it's really well done. Series two and then series three, even though Margaret Atwood is still involved creatively, not so keen. And in fact, I've only watched part of the first two episodes of series three. But seriously, as an adaptation, there's also a film version of it as well with Faye Dunaway and Rob Duvall. Seriously, season one, which mostly covers the book, is so well done. Um, I think you'll definitely go as far as the end of season one. Yeah, that's as far as I got. So I, I think I got as far as maybe episode two in series two and thought, no, there's, there's better stuff to watch right now. So I kind of left it there. It's just a, such a great cast. You've got Joseph Fiennes, you've got Elizabeth Moss, you've got Yvonne Strahovski. They're the kind of the main family. Was in Dexter, wasn't she, Yvonne Strahovski? She's in loads you... of stuff. Yeah, she's really good. I, I like her a lot. I didn't realise it was Elizabeth Moss until I started watching these episodes. She looks totally different to um, characters she plays in Mad Men. There we go. Mad Men, but she's also West Wing as well. She's Dead Bartlett's daughter. Yeah, and Charlie's wife. Although she yep. is a woman in her own right, not just <laughs> her relationships to men, but yes. That's some TV CV, right? Yeah. 100%. And she's also in... She did some British dramas as well, didn't she? She, Bottom of the Lake or Top of the Lake or whatever it's called. The thing that I find scary now is that I studied it briefly at school as well. And back then when I was in school, at school in the 90s, it just seemed like something that was, you know, vaguely possible if loads of bad decisions were made. But I feel, maybe I'm being overly dramatic, but I feel now, I don't think we're that far away from that. I could totally see, I mean, obviously there's been some changes in world leaders recently that hopefully will go against that. But I would just would not be surprised, you know, to, to hear about that happening somewhere in the world. Well, when, when I was watching the first series nearly four years ago now, I was for two months working in Turkmenistan and there women who clean the streets have to wear blue. Students have to wear another colour. Like there, there was so much going on around me. You know, there was curfews at night um, or at certain times, etc., elements of that society is already happening in parts of the world and I don't think it's a far stretch of the imagination for it to head in that direction as you say things have changed politically recently and hopefully will continue to change for the better but I do think the tv series I mean the difference between the book and the tv series is that the tv series really links it to now whereas the book was written back in the early 80s you know we're almost talking well not as far back as George Orwell but we're almost talking that kind of predicting the futureness the Brave New World and 1984 have about them when you want to I don't know whether you want to wait until you watch the series or not but I'd hugely recommend you read the novel Adam because I mean it is a classic it's it, it's it's an amazing read yeah I look forward to doing that definitely 
I would be interested to hear from any listeners who have seen to the end of season three and are watching the new episodes. Do let us know if you're enjoying them. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I will absolutely pick it up again if listeners say that it's worth the watch, that it gets better. So yeah, let us know. And perhaps in an episode in the future, we can all have caught up and give you our opinions. Excellent. So I've also been watching Loki, as you know, from previous episodes. I'm not going to talk about it too much this week because there was a big reveal in this week's episode that links back to an earlier conversation. But I don't want to give any spoilers away. Just to say I'm really enjoying There's a lot of philosophy in this series, I think. And that's that's really pleasing. Tom Hiddleston continues to be great, as do the rest of the cast. Some really nice special effects. I felt like this was a big budget episode as well. So looking forward to the end of, of Loki or to the continuation of Loki, I should say. I also, Catherine and I, started watching true crime series Murder in the Cottage, which is fairly new on Now TV. Um, it's about the murder of Sophie Toscan Duplantier, a French woman in a remote part of Ireland. And it's been created and is, is narrated and sort of you're, you're walked through the whole thing by six-time Oscar-nominated filmmaker Jim Sheridan. And he's just a really lovely sort of comforting presence to take you through this really horrific, brutal murder. So really enjoying that. We're a couple of episodes in. I fell asleep towards the end of the second episode because we were watching it quite late. Turns out Catherine's gone on a few more episodes than me, despite us watching it together. So, um, you know, all that bad-mouthing about me having no willpower, yeah, has, has proven to be hypocrisy from my wife. But yeah, I can recommend it. If you like true crime, it's well-made and is a really interesting look at it. It's six episodes long, so it's quite a long one. Anything else you've been watching? I would really like to watch Loki. I haven't got onto it yet, but I'm really excited to watch it. When you say most recent episode, how many episodes are there so far? We're into the third one now. So three episodes. Uh, I know you've mostly been watching the Euros demo. Any thoughts on on the televisual side of that? Who's winning the, the war between the Beeb and the ITV? Favourite pundits? I think, sadly, it's always a one-sided war, isn't it? I think ITV put in a good show. I think the BBC just does it better. And it's proven by the viewing figures that as and when they both have a big match on, people tend to watch the BBC. It's just, I just think it's a slightly better made show. But talking about things around the Euros, I finally got to watch the Cristiano Ronaldo documentary you mentioned before, Adam, that is currently on iPlayer. And yeah, I thought it was a really interesting view. I'm not the biggest fan of Cristiano Ronaldo. As a person, I I find uh, I'm, I'm left rather cold by him. But there's no doubting he is a fantastic footballer. Not necessarily the greatest of all time, but definitely worth mentioning in the conversation. And I've heard stories previously about his dedication to making sure that he stays as healthy and as physically fit as possible. So... It was just interesting to see yet more evidence of that complete drive and focus that you have to have in order to be one of the best. Shall we move on then to our face-off feature? I get to sit back and relax this week because it's it's Damo versus Neil in a battle to persuade me what show we should watch the first episode of this week. So each of you are going to get 30 seconds, I'll get my little timer out, to pitch a show Let's see, Damo, just tell us the name of the show that you're going to be pitching to us and what maybe what channel it's on. Yeah, absolutely. So I will be pitching the much-vaunted and critical darling 
Feel Good, which is a sitcom available on Netflix. So where you're listening to, wherever in the world, it's fairly likely you'll be able to watch along to. Okay, and Neil, what's the show that you're going to be proffering this week? I'm going to pitch a British sitcom called Back. It's a Channel 4 series, and I'm pretty sure anyone around the world will be able to find it as well. Great, so it's a sitcom off. Yeah. <laughs> a sitcom... No, can't make it work. Sitcombat. Let's go into sitcombat. Sitcombat. Are you ready? I'm going to go with Damien first, okay? So your 30 seconds starts now. Okay, well, the show is called Feel Good. It is a show from May Martin, a fantastic stand-up comedian. It is the critic the critics, and these are critics, remember, have said that it's fantastic. It has hundred percent on on uh, Rotten Tomato, it's seven and a half out of ten on IMDB. It's an intimate portrayal of addiction and love, one that is sweetly charming, uncomfortably complicated, and completely worth falling for. It's a must-watch. It has to be seen. That's your time. Just before we go on to Neil, can you just say again? what that was, what it's about. Yes, of course, absolutely. It is... Hold on, no, if he didn't cover it in his 30 minutes, 30 seconds, surely he doesn't get a chance. He had 30 seconds, he didn't cover, you didn't understand what he was talking about. Surely we draw a line. Uh, when it comes to picking, Neil, I'll, I'll definitely bear his performance in, in mind. But I think I am allowed follow-up questions. Yeah, follow-up questions are all part of this, aren't they? Just tell us again what it's about, Damien. So... There is a stand-up comedian called Mae Martin who's absolutely fantastic and it's just about her. So she suffered with addiction previously and so the show is about her dealing with addiction and her life and romance. No, that's that's good. I just sit on about addiction. Great. <laughs> okay, ready, Neil? Yeah. Okay, your time starts now. Okay, I, I, I don't need to be as desperately quick or as desperate as Damo is. So back is a British sitcom. It stars David Mitchell and Robert Webb, um, who we all love. Um, and it's set in Gloucestershire. Um, the first series, um, there's, there's two series. The first one was back in 2017, but more recently, it's been this year, the season two's come out. Um, That's right. And now, and now I welcome your questions, Adam. Well, I'm going to give you the same question to you that I gave to Damien. What's it actually about? It's basically about Robert Mitchell and David Webb hanging out together. Okay. So I, I have a question. Yeah. Can you tell us how many episodes and series we're looking at? Because with with a show like, say, for instance, Feel Good, that's a six episode a series two series so a total of 12 episodes and therefore very easy to watch so what what's it what's it what's the situation with your one i i meet you two series and six episodes and come back to you with two series and six episodes in each series and how long are the episodes are they about half an hour would you say yeah maybe 25 minutes yeah so equally easy to binge absolutely sorry to answer your question adam i'm gonna read you what back is about what the plot is and it's basically after the death of his father Laurie 42 year old Stephen is set to take over the family business and then it's about his stepbrother getting involved and the plans are interrupted by this stepbrother when he returns to the family life and whilst Andrew the stepbrother quickly charms the rest of the family including Stephen's mother his sister his uncle 
Stephen basically resents Andrew. And to be honest, it's it, it, it seems to me, because we're deliberately picking things that we haven't seen, but I love Pete's show, and I think it will generally be the same kind of um, Mitchell Webb banter and camaraderie um, between them. Great. Uh, thank you for that. Damon? Yeah, I, just, I have one more question. Who who wrote it? Was it Jesse Armstrong or was it something that Mitchell and Webb have written? No, it's written by Simon Blackwell, who I don't know much about, to be honest. And it doesn't credit Mitchell or Webb, although they are both executive producers, they're not credited with writing which I think would be really interesting to watch that and, you know, see what difference that makes. So there's, there's every chance that it might not be as good, is what you're saying. Yeah, or maybe it could be better because they weren't writing it. Fair enough. This is a really tough choice, I have to say, chaps. There's not much, not much in it for me here. I think they both sound interesting. I can't think of the last sitcom that I watched, probably, probably um, Schitt's Creek. So I'm in the mood for a sitcom. I kind of almost want to choose both, but I think that's a big cop-out. I know that Catherine would really love, she really loved Peep's show, so she'd probably watch back with me. But I'm going to go with Feel Good this week, partly just because Damo hasn't won one yet. Oh, don't do it because of that. Don't pick me out of pity. <laughs> don't pick me out of pity. If you yeah, give, give her a pity win, Adam. I don't want a pity no, win. No, no, no. No, it's not that reason. That's not the reason. Uh, there's very little for me to choose between the two. I just think feel good sounds a bit more positive. I'm going to go for. That's kind of where I'm where I'm going with that. It feels good to finally win, and that that has each of us with a win, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not not that yours was a pity win, Damo. Well, it turns out it's not because I did double check that. We've all heard. I said I didn't want it if it was a pity win, and and yet still the laurel was given to me. So I think we can say officially for the records. It was a genuine win and not a pity win. But I think you both argued your cases equally poorly. However, I am as I'm equally interested in both shows. So it was a really, really tough decision to make. But yeah, I'm going with Feel Good this week. So watch along with us, folks. If you if you haven't seen Feel Good yet, or even if you have, uh, maybe rewatch that first episode and then join us next week as we join us. You can't really join us, but you know, listen in next week when we talk about it. Maybe we should do this live. Should we start doing this live? Yeah. I mean, it's less editing for me, so I'm I'm totally down with that. <laughs> no, let's not do it live. We sound like idiots. <laughs> I mean, at least, at least with the editing, we sound a little bit more like we can speak properly. Great. So do let us know what you thought of the podcast or let us know what you're watching on TV, what you're looking forward to watching, whether you've seen Sweet Tooth or The Handmaid's Tale or Loki, Murder in the Cottage. And we look forward to hearing from you. We are on Twitter and instagram at tv dna pod or if you want to send us a lovely email you can contact us on tv dna pod at gmail.com and did adam make the right decision between back and feel good let us know your thoughts i mean i'm sure that it will be that he did make the right decision because it's a clear winner it's definitely not a pity win but other than that yeah we'd love to hear from you and we've been looking once again at the people listening to us it's just so great to know that we're still being listened to. People are still listening to us after all this time all over the place. So thank you as much as there was some American football, a.k.a. not real football and actual football, a.k.a. soccer for you guys, banter. We appreciate all those listening and to all those listening in Southern America, Asia, Africa and Europe and Australasia. Thank you for your support. 
And actually, do you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. It's not just a thank you. Why don't you subscribe to the podcast? It's just so much easier to hear us episode in, episode out. One of our regular listeners is actor called Robbie Martin, who I'll be working with at The Space in the not-too-distant future. And he recommended to me a Bob Dylan documentary, Don't Look Back. So thank you for that. Uh, I haven't yet had a chance to watch it, Robbie, but I'm definitely going to. Robbie's going to be coming to my theatre with a show called Hello, Georgie, Goodbye, Best, about uh, the weekend that George Best sent with Sinead Cusack. It should be fascinating. Sounds grand. So that's it from us this week. Time to say our farewells. I think we should each come up with a new tagline to leave the episode with, Demo. I think we should do it in the order that we introduce ourselves, actually. So I, I okay. should be the last. <laughs> I'm going to stick with do not adjust your sets. You can't have the same one you've already said. You just said we have to come up with a new one. and You just said a new one. You immediately said the same one you always say. Okay, keeping it sweet, Tooth. No, no, actually, you know, just stick with the, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say goodbye, shall we? No. Um, okay, give me two secs. I don't know why I'm looking around my room and I'm going to get any inspiration from that. Trust me, I'll be back. <laughs> why not? Why not? Sounds good. Uh, okay, one from me. Okay, don't go changing. Channels. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon. Keep on watching TV. Bye. You need to say bye. You can't just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 I think it's got a fantastic cast. Elizabeth Moth. Elizabeth. Oh, my Lord. It's not hard. Elizabeth Moth. Oh, my I mean, this is a great <laughs> cast. It's got Joseph Fine, Yvonne Strahovski. You uh, can manage Strahovski, but not Moss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I end recording then.